Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hustle and Hoops pod. Today is a very special one. We've got a special guest join us, joining us in a little bit. Um, but for now, we're just going to get right into it. Dove, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I got a little cold. So uh, mind me, listeners, if you hear any sniffling, I'll try to keep it to a, to a minimum. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk about some basketball. We've had a good past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, I mean, you're cold, keeping you out a little day to day. Got some injuries that are keeping people out a little longer than day to day. Uh, that's Zion Williamson, who might not actually be injured. Um, and Damian Lillard, both rumored to be shut down for the rest of the season. Start off with uh, Dame, because this will be a little bit quicker to talk about. I think it was the yeah. smart move by the Blazers. This season's dead in the water. This season is. Um, dead. Yeah, you like it, it was very clear. I think when he had the surgery, like that he two was, years ago, yeah, he was probably done for the season. Even though they said it was like a twelve week injury, like he he was done. Restart mm-hmm. next off season. I mean, any any anything really to add on on that front? I mean, Anthony Simons isn't even playing anymore. Like, I, it's it's bad. It's bad out there for a Blazers fan. Um, but you can chuck it up. You know. You're, you're, uh, you still got Dame, still held on to Dame. I don't know if it was the smartest move, but you did it. Um, you know, you, you've got some picks and some stuff to do in the offseason. So, you know, and see what they decide to do. But this was kind of a given. I think we all knew this. It was just they had to make the official announcement. Yeah. Um, the other player, on the other hand, is a little bit more interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, you have – you have people warming up, you know, playing and, and getting into game shape post-injury. But with Zion, it's been, um, I think the best word would be a mystery. We just don't, we haven't known what's been going yeah. on with Zion. I mean, have we seen any video? Have we seen any stuff? You know, I think I mean, it shows a lot when a couple of pictures on Twitter dictates the entire narrative around a player for a whole week like that's that's concerning and then you have zion where this video comes out go ahead i mean i was just gonna say his his injury was in the summer and they said yeah he's out for the first couple weeks of the season not a big deal then a couple weeks turns into to a couple months and then it's cj mccullum doesn't hear from him when he gets traded and then it's he has a setback and he's rehabbing in Portland away completely away from the team. From the team, right. And so, I mean, like you were saying, his injury has really just been a mystery the entire time. But that video that he posted on his social media makes it seem like he's fine. He's fine. It's, I mean, obviously. It's, it's and, probably a smart team decision to shut him down, even though right. they're going to play the Lakers, who are very vulnerable in the play-in. I will say, like, I mean, if Zion is healthy and he can go for those, right? I'm not not taking the Pelicans in a one game it. series against the Lakers. Like, then I mean, I don't think they can beat the Suns, but I'm not not I, taking the Pelicans over the Lakers fully healthy. I don't know. I mean, with the way that things are, do you find yourself really believing that? there's any way that Zion touches the floor of the season. No, I, that, that, that it's a right. business decision. Like they know, like it's, if they want to think long-term championship level competition, they're not a championship level 
uh, team this year, and they know that, even though they they will make the play in unless the Spurs somehow overtake them, which is, I find very unlikely. But this is straight yeah. business with with his foot injury history specifically. It's it's it was it was a given if he hasn't been back by now that he was just not going to come back. Right, right. Um, well, you know, like we said, there's not too much to the you know to this, um, but. Uh, an interesting drama story out of uh, out of Portland as we were talking about them. Yusuf Nurkic with a uh, little encounter with a fan, um, and I think the only real takeaway from this is that people are terrible, people suck, um, and there's not much that the NBA can do about stuff like this. Like it's just it's going to happen. And when it happens, maybe we shouldn't find the player who was really not in the wrong that much. I mean, yeah, he didn't need to react that way. Um, but I'm not telling you that I wouldn't react the exact same way if someone said that to me and that was my circumstance. Yeah. I mean, throwing the phone was a bit much. I think that's the real reason he got the fan. If he had just cursed him out, I don't think it would have been that bad of a fine. But I mean – I don't understand how like people can say they're fans of basketball and then go up to players and curse out their moms and their grandmoms and shit like that. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. It's actually (laughs) insane. It's like, it's literal mental behavior. It's, it makes no sense, but you know, there's always going to be assholes out there. Thankfully we have big ass use of Nurkic's to, you know, yeah, I mean, Yusef oh, Nurkic. I, I think Yusef Nurkic gained a lot more fans after that incident. So, you know, good for him. Like, it was funny watching him throw the phone, watching that that kid just get shat on by a seven footer. Like, I don't, I don't. That's also, I don't understand how people do that. Like, how they can go up to an NBA player who's just a foot taller than them, just say, "Yeah, your mom's a hoe," and shit like that, which makes no sense because they can definitely just beat the fans' ass like every time. So it, that that's really all there is to say. On that. Yeah. Then we, <laughs> then we get into a whole different conversation about never mind. Yeah. Then we get into a whole different conversation, which has nothing to do with basketball and we don't need to do that. Um, on to, I thought you were going to take no, this no, one. On to the, uh, the next um, kind of a bittersweet thing. Um, we are celebrating Jamal Crawford's retirement. Uh, you know, I, I think when you have someone like that, and I was just watching Draymond's most recent episode with uh, Bradley Beal, um, and he talks about leadership. And when you look at a, a guy like Jamal Crawford, he is—I wouldn't say like the embodiment, but but he's a, he sets a great example for you know these other NBA guys um, on how to act. You know, doing stuff like his um his league his basketball league like that's a huge thing um you know being in the game for as long as he did and doing as much as he did and not being the bitter you know frustrated angry ex-nba player who always calls out other people like i don't know i just i i think jamal crawford is one of those bets um that we grew up with where you just you, you can't not love the guy. You can't yeah. not love the guy. 
I the only thing I really got to add to that is, you know, Jamal Crawford has been out in the league for a couple of years now, but his last year in the league, he dropped a fifty piece in the year two thousand and nineteen. Oldest like, oldest uh, NBA player to ever drop. I don't I don't understand plus. how a guy who's dropping fifty one season just can't even get a contract the next, especially with this year with all the COVID out stuff where John Teske was getting contracts and playing in minutes and guys who never would have made the NBA if it wasn't for this. Yet a guy sitting at home wanting to play who wasn't getting an offer. Um and I he finally gave up, but but I mean he had a heck of a career. He had a heck of yeah. a career. Is we'll, we'll miss him. Respect his game. Speaking of guys who got offers today, we have a special guest on. Jack, if you would like to join us. Yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> Jack is here to uh to talk to us today about one guy who got a contract that we love to see. Isaiah Thomas. Jack, talk to us a little bit about uh, Isaiah Thomas' return. Your, your fandom yeah. for Isaiah Thomas. Let him know why you're an Isaiah Thomas expert and we got you on the show today. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been a big fan of the guy ever since his days back in Phoenix when he was the sixth man to the Drogic and Bledsoe backcourt. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Morris twins, Drogic's brother, was also on that team. Zora. And then, obviously, he went to the Celtics in 2015. And that's when I just became an extremely religious Isaiah Thomas and Boston Celtics fan. Not a Celtics fan anymore because of what they did to him. But during that 2015-2016 season, um, when he dropped 29.8 points a game. Fourth in MVP. Very impressive. Or was that the 2016-2017 season? It was 2015-2016. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. Third MVP voting, um, made the playoffs, lost in the conference finals after he got injured to the Cavaliers. But I'm just, to this day, still impressed by how a 5'9 dude can get past everyone in the paint, use his body to score, and pull up in transition and knock down a three in a seven-foot tall man's face. Yeah. It's crazy. And obviously, well, not obviously to the viewers out there, but or listeners, I'm pretty short, and I take pride in, like, pulling up over a big guy or, you know, <laughs> just maneuvering my way down to the paint when I'm probably going to get blocked 90% of the time. Mouse the nasty floater, the wild over the <laughs> over Just a very, very inspiring player. Um, the game where he dropped 53 on the Wizards on his sister's birthday, not even a month after – she passed away. It was probably one of the best games of basketball Very I've watched to this day. Very, much Very emotional game. game. And yeah, ever since he got traded to the Cavaliers, he kind of had a falling out on the league. And now I'm very excited to see the man have a solid place over there in Charlotte. So speaking of Charlotte, you know, with them being in, in, in that nine spot and you do see oftentimes, you know, the way with their guard rotation, um, there's a lot of openings for Isaiah. I mean, they run that two guard between LaMelo and Rozier a lot. Um, and ever since Isaiah popped on the team, you know, obviously they don't have book night. They don't have, um, I'm blanking, but they don't, they're missing something Ish else. Smith. Square. Ish Smith they don't have Smith anymore. Devante, you know, they don't Devante have Graham anymore. anymore. 
so they're missing, you know, they're missing that off piece. What do you think? Yeah. You know, do you think um, Isaiah Thomas can, can fill that role and, you know, coming into the playoffs, do you expect him to actually have, you know, a level of impact for Charlotte? I'd love to see him have some more impact. The other day he dropped four for four on threes in the first half. He's playing a very good game. But I also see him serving as a big mentor to LaMelo Ball. And hopefully he can get more solidified into this lineup. Shouts out Terry Rozier. He was on the 2016 Celtics team. Yep. That's um, right. I forgot about that. Hopefully, great, great bet to bring on. Yeah. Hopefully with all the guards they have, he can find his place. I like to see Buck Knight play a little more, but I would love to see Isaiah Thomas actually have an impact in the playoffs. Yeah. I Absolutely. think like, I think he's going to have like a, They'll roll him out there in the first half, and he's got if he's got one of those four for four nights cooking, then like he's gonna, like he he's gonna keep rolling out there, like uh, they're just gonna keep playing him. But if he's one of those one for twelve nights, which he still has, like it's yeah. gonna be like, all right, take a seat the rest of the game. We'll get you back in there. But like they need yeah. the veteran presence on that team because Gordon Hayward's probably the oldest player on that team besides him. Mason Plumley's the other vet. Yeah, like, Gordon Hayward is also on the twenty sixteen Celtics. But, yeah, I mean, you can obviously tell he hasn't fully recovered from the injury. Never recovered from the injury, yeah. yeah. And it's sad to see. Obviously, he's had some good games in the G League, but it's the G League. Yeah. I and, mean, yeah, it's sad to see. But every every back. team he's played on that gives him that 10-day, like, he gets a chance. And, like, honestly, I don't think he does that, that much worse than the players they, they keep on the roster instead of him. But I, I'm kind of happy that he finally found that home in Charlotte, at least for the end of this season. Uh, Say how you feel, Jack. Say how you feel. Don't, don't hold it in. <laughs> sorry, don't sorry. Gordon Hayward was not on the 2016 Celtics. Okay. Oh, is that why you were saying that? Okay. I thought yeah. you were just, okay. No, no fact checkers. No fact yeah, checkers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> how about take that for data? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Isaiah um, – you know, while it would – my perspective is while it would be really nice to have him come in and, and give you three threes a game here and there, um, it's honestly just as good to have him just on as a veteran leader, just on as a bench presence. I mean, Most definitely. What is he, 34, 32, 33? Yeah, I believe like he's 33. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely right. think between Buck Knight and Lamala Ball – there's a lot of veteran presence that's needed on that team, especially at the guard position. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see IT finish out the season, obviously, add into the plan, see what he can do. Jack, it was a pleasure to have Boys, you on today. Thank you for having me. I mean, we'll thank have you, you on Jack. again Happy soon. To be here. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you. See ya. See ya. Thank you. All right. That was Jack Mandel dear, dear friend of ours. Um, he really is one of the biggest Isaiah Thomas fans I've ever met. Like, <laughs> By far. Like, I don't, he, he explained where the fandom came from. It's kind of like my fandom for Joker. Just rec- mm-hmm. like, just respect his game so much that like, you have to be a, a big fan of his. So um, IT is obviously not that player he was once was, but he's got a role on this team now. And that, that's all he can ask for at this point. He's, he, that was part of his issue is he was asking for a starting point guard role. No one was giving him that wasn't gonna happen so now he's back we'll see how he finishes it out um i'm gonna transition into a little fact about what i saw on twitter 
from the Denver okay. Nuggets. Uh, this was this came out after their win against the Clippers on Tuesday night. Um, Stat Muse, however you feel about them, tweeted out that Will Barton averages 14.5 points per game for the Nuggets this season and is the second leading scorer for Denver. That is the lowest points per game among any second leading scorer in the NBA. I'm not going to tell MVP voters how to vote, but if that doesn't prove how much Jokic makes his team better, that the second leading scorer averages 14 and a half points per game. And honestly, Will Barton's kind of an ISO player. Like, he, like that means Jokic is doing compared so much to, to help the other people to besides how everyone him. else plays in the system. Yes, yeah. he's an ISO player. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that must mean that, like, there's so many other people that are being set up for eight, nine, 10 points a game. And those guys are all because Jokic gets double, triple teamed and is able to get, find them the ball. Like, that's the most underrated right. part of his MVP campaign is that he's averaging almost just as many assists as Steve Nash did in his MVP campaign. I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating there. Steve Nash averaged like 12. Yeah, Joker's at like eight. But, like, that's, <laughs> that's why Steve Nash won the MVP was because of his ability to just dominate offensively, like making sure his teammates were scoring just as much as him. And that's what Joker does. Just crazy. The Nuggets are... Even 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 put MVP conversation aside, the fact that there's a team that their second leading score averages 14 and a half points a game and they're the sixth seed in their conference is very impressive. Right. Um, I, I don't maybe this is just me playing devil's advocate. I don't know. Um, if you flip that for the Sixers for pre all star breaks so or pre hardened trade. Does it not look the exact same? I mean, I'd have to double check. I mean, Tyrus think... Maxi would a- averages a little bit more, but like, is it not? I mean, you'd, you'd I, have you to know, take a I, closer to, look at like you'd have to actually full... look at every single person's stats and, yeah. and add I mean, it up together and all that. To be but... fair, Aaron Gordon averages fourteen points a game. Monte Morris is averaging thirteen, and Jeff Green's averaging ten. So they have five guys averaging ten or more, and two guys are averaging fourteen. Um, that is normally a pretty good recipe. I mean, yeah, that, but that that is but, how they find their still... success. And if you look at Philly, it's hard to gauge. I mean, if you go by just James Harden's time there, James Harden averages twenty two and a half in in his minutes there. Uh, Tobias Harris averages seventeen point six, and Tyrese Maxey averages seventeen point five per game for the entire. Oh, I'm season. not gonna lie to you, I dead ass forgot about uh, Tobias. Harris yeah, that's the biggest thing. So like, you have the two 14 and a half guys, and then you have one more, te- like, and then they, they still like George Niang averages ten points a game. So, right, right, right. That's that's I, I'm just gonna be straight up. I forgot about Tobias Harris. Yeah, that's you always forget about. about Tobias Harris. You're always hating He's, on Tobias Harris. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I have very valid reasons for. I don't hate on Tobias Harris in the sense of just hating on him. I hate on Tobias Harris because he does something or no, no, it's because he doesn't do something. He doesn't do, he, he, yeah. he doesn't he's not the something. all-star caliber player he once was, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he's still an above average player. Right. And also, ah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I really like this, um, this nugget stuff. Just keep pushing the narrative. I mean, it's um it's, I, I don't know if you watched the Tuesday game, but Chris Haynes, who's 
very well tapped. What he's was more the Tuesday game again. Uh, Nuggets Clippers on TNT. Oh, not you the one you were just yeah. talking about. Chris, yeah, Chris Haynes was who's usually I I believe his sources are more player based, more well tapped in with player based sources as opposed to like front office sources that Shams mm-hmm. and Woj are more Woj especially is more tapped into. Um, he said that MPJ is nowhere close to returning and Jamal Murray is now ahead of MPJ and is in the rehabs respectively, which is news because, well, earlier we were, we were hearing that MPJ was going to come back before Jamal Murray. And now Chris Haynes is kind of flipping that. So we really have no, I, 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 at first I was optimistic that one of them would come back. I am now very less than optimistic that either of them come back. And obviously if either, if neither of them come back, like they can make it out of the first round, but they can't make it out. That would, it would require Jokic to literally drag each and every single player across that line. That's what happened last year. MPJ was I less know, than impressive but, last year. And but at least he was giving you 18. 15. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was more. No, than no, no Will Barton last year, I don't believe. So it, it it we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh next we can talk about uh an event that transpired last night in Miami. Uh the Heat had a little dust up mid-game. There were some expletives flying around in the huddle, Spo. Ask Jimmy Jimmy Butler, you think I'm gonna fucking fight you? And then you Donis Haslam got involved, said I'll whoop your ass. Jimmy we Butler, can go. we can go right now. Like Jimmy Butler, I the the Heat were brushing it off as nothing yesterday. What do you make of it, Doug? Okay, I thought you were about to say something. I'm gonna um, tee you up for this one. Okay, cool. Um, I think it's not nothing, but it isn't really something. You know what I mean? So like it, it's it's it, at grand scheme, it's not nothing. Well, it's, scheme but it's things, more it's more nothing things, than, so, than something. An, yes, like you said, grand scheme of things, it could have an effect on something. Yeah. But that's like grand, like grand, grand, like Jimmy Butler's contract, grand, not like this year. Um, he's on a massive extension. Like I'm not worried about, um, you know, a little fight or whatever it's more the way that it happened it's more jimmy seemingly threatening spo or like provoking spo um and i don't want to say you know stuff that i don't know it's not fact but we're just assuming here um but it seemed like he was provoking spo spo clearly got the message but so did you don it's like there's a lot of stuff going on in that one click you know kyle is on the other side of the floor. Uh, uh, PJ is with is with Jimmy. Udon is is being held back by Bam. Lowry Spoke. left that huddle so quick, so fast. And then at some point, like I, it, it was wild. And Spoh's like walking towards half court to loop around the group to meet up with Jimmy in mid court. It's like it's just a wild situation. Yeah. Um, and you know, given the stuff around Jimmy um, in the past, it really is frustrating to see people immediately jump to that conclusion um, because, you know, there's never been any, like, validity to Jimmy being some kind of locker room cancer. Like, that's never been... Yeah, as soon as he left Minnesota, like... 
it really it was it was done for that narrative was done for as soon as he left minnesota right and now it's just wherever you know it, it sucks it sucks for jimmy that when you have a situation like this which honestly happens all the time like this stuff happens to I'm sure happens to your im games like you guys yeah. probably are sitting in a timeout and start screaming at each other like yep. i did it the other day at pickup like it happens all the time. I'm not that concerned about it unless someone comes out and, and makes a statement, then I'm a little stressed. Yeah. I mean, Spo was saying it yesterday. They're all competitive guys. They all want to win. Um, things got a little heated. They were losing to a Golden State team at home, and Golden State had no Without staff, Barry. Clay, Draymond, uh, or Otto Porter, who plays a decent right. role in their rotation. Uh, Gary Payton finally came back but they were like the, that was not a complete warriors team and they were they were playing at home they were, and they were losing. By the pool party yeah. i just want to say shouts out jordan pool he is now the like he has like i believe uh this that was 13 straight 20 point games or something or like we talked about this last episode yeah, he's popping off right now like yeah he hasn't not had a 20 point game since our last episode so I mean, since even before that, yeah, he's going to keep playing well, like watch out, especially if Steph does come back and Draymond can get healthier, Clay gets Do healthier. You still have him being that hot. Yeah. Like Man, Gary that... Payton back. It's, it's, it's getting dangerous over in San Francisco. So the heat, I, I will say the heat are still the one seed. And here's the, like, here's mm-hmm. the thing about that. I don't think any person like that commentates on basketball, like believes that they're a championship favorite out of the East. I think people are taking the bucks over them. They're taking the Sixers over them. They're taking the Celtics now over them. And there's probably still some casuals taking the nets over them in a seven game series If Kyrie, especially we're not even touching on this today, but Kyrie's now eligible to play in all of his home games starting this Sunday. So there's only a few more home games left for them, but the heat, this is probably the jolt they needed. This is the wake-up call they needed. It, the fact that it happened in a game just made it so everyone got to see it, which honestly probably helps even more. Like, right. everyone's on the same page over there still. One little argument in the huddle that, you know, it's it's just going to light a fire under them a little bit. And if they finish as the one seed, they get to play a team in the first round that's probably not that good. Like, compared to a team like the Celtics who might have to play you know, the Cavaliers, not the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers aren't a bad team. I don't, like, I don't know. Like that. There's really no, there's really no team that you want to go up against. Yeah. There's just teams that are better matchups. Yeah. There are just teams that are better matchups. And for Miami, we just, we know that the matchup you don't want is Brooklyn. No yeah. one wants yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. So, you know, maybe. They Maybe, should, you know, we'll the benefit of dropping a little bit. Maybe yeah. a little I mean, drop. one or two, uh, you have just as good of a chance of finding, like, whether you're the one or the two, you probably have the same chance of finding Brooklyn in the first round because I find it very impossible that Brooklyn ends up falling out of the playoffs completely, especially with Kyrie being able to get some rhythm now, uh, being able to play in every game from now on. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help the team a lot grow that confidence heading into the playoffs. Okay, so, like, top five hilarious things that could happen um if everything stays the way it is right now right and brooklyn wins that seven eight game then it's brooklyn philly so we're immediately knocking out one of the two 
you know, top heavy contenders or whatever in the East. But then the next round, the, the, the uh, what's it called? The parallel round is Milwaukee Cleveland. Milwaukee's probably going to win that. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, then you have the next two top heavy people in the East going up against each other. So realistically, whoever's, you know, got that one, four or five, could be in a really good spot. If this is how it stays, they could be in a really, really good spot. I'm not saying Miami, Boston, Chicago, you know, those other teams are bad. I'm just saying. Hey, I we were talking about Cleveland right now. We were talking about this last week. This is the best basketball has been in a while. There's a lot of good teams right now. A lot of men right before the podcast, me and Jack were talking about uh, just like in football, there's, there were a lot of off season moves going on in, in the NFL right now. There's more good teams than there are playoff spots. And that, that might not necessarily be the case for the uh, NBA completely that they're probably the team, but the teams that do make the playoffs are deserving of those spots and their seating is more or less, less important. They're like anyone can beat anyone that's in the play that's in the playoff field. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Except I'm going to segue into the next topic a little bit. Except maybe one team who has just been purely dominant the, from dominant. start to finish ever since the NBA bubble has just been dominant. And they're about to get even more dominant again. Um, CP3 and the Sun. CP3 is probable to return tonight, um, Thursday. Oh, tonight? Tonight. Wow. Um against the Denver Nuggets because of course it's against Denver Suns and Foe, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so CP3 is just gonna make that lineup that much better again. Oh. They have what 55 wins on the season already. So uh, I don't what, know. No, 59. 59, they're going for win 60 tonight. 59. So I like, mean, do you is there any doubt in your mind that they're the championship favorite? despite all the superstars around the league? Or do you think um, team, a team can figure them out in the playoffs in a, a seven-game yes series? Before I flat, just say yes or no. Um, an idea that was – I do this all the time, I know, so tell me if it gets annoying. But um, Kenny was talking in a, in a recap about the games last night um, about the Suns and saying, like, are we just overthinking this? Like, are we just thinking about this too much? They're about to hit 60 wins. They have the two clutchest players, but definitely clutchest backcourt players in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're talking about a team who, what was it? It's going into the fourth quarter, or leaving the first quarter. Um, They have a record of, hold on, I had to pull it up, but. You know, it's it's like they have a very good record. Like they have a really good record of leading in the first. Teams quarter. leading teams leading Phoenix in the first are. Um, I I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Opponent opponents leading Phoenix in the first quarter after the first are sixteen and fourteen. So if even if yeah. Phoenix is losing the first quarter, they, they still, still have win a they fourteen still have, out of the time. Yeah, yeah. When a team is trailing after the first, they're two and 42. Yeah. 
two in 42. If you don't win the first six minutes against or 12 minutes against um against Phoenix, you're screwed. You're, you lost. The game's over. Yeah. Like, that's it. And, like, that's why you have to look at this stuff and be like, maybe he's right. Like, maybe we are just overthinking the shit. And, yes, it's the playoffs. There's a lot of different factors, you know. Like you said, there might be a team that comes out and maybe, you know, over this season they've, they've studied and they've watched and they've, they've practiced and they've prepared and now they have a game plan to go against Phoenix when they go up against them, you know, if they do or whatever. Um, let's say that's a Golden State or something like that. I don't know. I, I mean, really don't know. I think the biggest thing is just like, it's the guys not named CP3 and Devin Booker that are just right. having great years. That's the biggest factors of their success. DeAndre Aiden dropped his career high last night, 35 points, averaging 17 and 10. Player in the year. Mikel Bridges. And Mikel. Yeah, and he still gotta, puts up 14. Most improved. You got a most Johnson improved. Johnson puts up 13. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. It's... Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, your backup bigs give you good minutes. Jay Crowder is not what he used to be, um, but he's still giving you 10 points a game. He's still giving you the same thing that he was. You know in the playoffs he's going to give you those clutch threes. He's he's got that vet experience. He's going to get one opponent, at least one tech. If they have to lock up an imposing guard, they got Torrey Craig to come in and fell off some minutes for CP3 and D-Book and just annoy the hell out of someone they're guarding. Because he's one mm-hmm. of the best on-ball defenders in the league. Um, the only thing that I got say, Shaman, yeah, I mean, he, not a huge fan of, but he I think three, I think so. they are the favorites. Um, I think like a fully healthy Golden State could beat them. I think a fully healthy uh, Denver could beat them it, potentially. I think that with that revenge narrative, but I don't really see anyone else in the West having a chance of beating them. To be honest, maybe Memphis because just Memphis just I plays really good ball. Um, this is just so goddamn. Yeah, good. They, just, they just play really good ball. But like out of the East, I think I, the East, I think, is the team that could beat them. I think Phoenix could be doomed to repeat destiny of last year. Yeah. So you're saying just the same shit happened last year. Yeah. Like just dominate the West, but when you get to the East, just not finish it off. Fall short. Yeah. Fall short. I will say also, I think there is a. I don't. I'm like the, the Warriors seventy three and nine season was the year in their dynasty they did not win the championship. Right. I, I, and in the NHL, there's a, cu- there's a curse of the President's Trophy, and the President's Trophy is going to the team that gets the most points at the end of the regular season. Hockey, you get two points per win, one for an overtime oh, loss. Wow. So oh, okay. that, that's, yeah, just that. So I never knew that existed. Okay. The team that always finishes with the most points, they usually never end up winning the whole Stanley Cup. So it's not as much in the NBA. Like, the one seed's usually – finish it off but like there there like there is a the fatigue factor and there's a curse like there's a there's a, the the weight that comes with being the number one seed i think it it could take a toll on them that's that's all i say playoffs you never of know a team that it would take a toll on i don't think it would be phoenix yeah they they are a resilient bunch they are you could convince bunch. me memphis would you could convince me memphis but would it, have it doesn't that matter because they're not they're not number one it only I know. I know. I'm just. One. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, if, if, team wise, like, but if, some, if someone Phoenix told to you, fold. if someone told you that the 73 and nine Warriors 
would not have won the championship after they went 73 and nine. I, you're right. I you wouldn't have believed them. I, I would have told you, fuck you, you're an idiot. Yeah. But still, yeah. it's not that I don't think the, I don't, it's not that I don't think Phoenix could lose. It's that I don't think they're going to fold. Yeah. Like they have to lose four out of seven year. games at some point. That's how, that's the only way they get eliminated from the playoffs is if they lose four out of seven games. And it just seems very unlikely like that. that they do that. It's more it's more that like I just don't see them losing in spectacular fashion. You think that's <laughs> I can see so, them losing. Yeah. I can see them losing. I just don't see them losing. Well it doesn't it like, doesn't matter if it's ugly or, or not. If if the final score is not in their favor, it's a loss when it comes to the playoffs. It doesn't matter how lopsided talking, it is, how I, how much they get I'm, dominated. Like, I'm aware, but a fold I'm just is saying, a fold. No, that's not true. A fold is not always a fold. When it's when it's the playoffs, it is. Yes, if you're not you, winning the you whole can thing, clarify that as a fold, but 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 just because like there can be other factors into a loss that don't equate to a fold. Like what? Like injuries? Like no, actually they don't care. It's the now school, that I'm going on this, says. now that I'm going on this little thing, I think I gotta. Walk myself back. Yeah, it's just like if all that matters. In the playoffs, I got myself in a hole. Yeah, all that matters in the playoffs is the final score at the end of each game. Facts. Doesn't matter how it happened. You like you got to win four out of seven games in the series. I just wanted to die on my hill. Um, yeah. You know I am. Uh, yeah, but yeah. shall we? Yeah, let's 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 move on. We'll cover. We'll go back to the Eastern Conference here now. Uh, yeah, go back and forth. We got it. Three more teams to cover, starting with this one. The Chicago Bulls, Chi-Town, Windy City. Yep. Um, started off, they were the one seed for a while in the Eastern Conference. For a minute. In every, um, then they, they started had playing me. real competition. <laughs> they definitely had me for a minute there. I, 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 like, I, I, will not, I, yeah, I will not say I wasn't sipping the Kool-Aid. They were my preseason. Um, finals pick, weren't they? Yeah, they were my preseason finals pick. That was wild. Um, I don't know. I mean, the thing about the Bulls that bothers me a little bit um, is it's kind of weird because it feels like they skipped part of their rebuild, but at the same time, they didn't. It just is so yeah. odd. Like, I the mean, way they rebuilt to where they are now. Because they drafted, they drafted Zach Levine. Zach Levine is the only centerpiece on their team, like center, like true centerpiece on their team that they drafted. And he, dra- he got drafted. Or oh, I, why did I even say that? He didn't get Not drafted. That he got drafted. He's the youngest person on the a part of the rebuild. None of their guys got drafted. They traded for and signed every guy that's a part of their team. That's why you think they like because they usually a team will draft a guy and then end up he'll break out and they develop around them. Right, that did not happen with this team. And I think not the, they've not at all. Very clear <laughs> that these players have only had seven months with each other. Right, like they don't have the same chemistry that the Suns do with two years, three years of experience. The Warriors had five, six, seven years. Like the Heat have been together plus, for three years plus. now. Yeah, um, you know. I I was just gonna say like the team on paper, like they have stars. Zach Levine's a star. Vucevic is still a star center, like compared to other centers. If you compare him to other centers in the league, like bro, give top... me Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Okay, you're a fucking idiot. Then. 
No, Your starting no, power forward is Javante Green. Like, um, no, Patrick Williams is back. Well, he hasn't started yet. He's, he's slowly coming back. Which I'm gonna call him the starting yeah, power forward, though. Yeah. Well, that that leads me into my next question for you. Right. Playoff rotation. They're probably gonna run eight nine man rotation. They're not very deep. What yeah. What is your ideal playoff rotation? What's the best lineup they can throw out there? I, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not gonna give you like a half like a hypothetical. Uh, Competition, but who's the who? What's the hypothetical starting starting five? What's the deal three with guys Lonzo off the again? Lonzo, I wouldn't count on him. Yeah, I, he he I suffered a been, setback in his rehab a couple days ago. Since... Okay, that's that's the latest um, news. Okay, so uh man, for the playoffs, you have to put. Alex at the one just because you don't want Io running starting minutes in the play. I, I like I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm that's, honestly right. now you ask me a question. I don't hold on, hold on. I mean, I don't want to. We we do we are not going to uh, take too. Yeah, we're we not going to think about this for to too long. Go into it, yeah. but like obviously Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic would start, and Patrick Williams, and then you're probably starting Alex Caruso, and then those three guys off the bench, you're probably going to have like Io. Kobe White, Tristan, Tristan Thompson, like, and maybe Javante Green, like, it's, maybe like a Matt Thomas minute or two. If yeah, you're like shooter. you're probably not going to run nine, ten deep in the playoffs. They they already don't really run that deeper rotation, and with no Lonzo Ball, it really hurts them offensively and defensively. Right. I think that's a big reason they haven't been as successful. Um, I will say, I think, obviously. Everyone knows how terrible they've been against top-tier opponents in each conference. Suck. I yeah. think the potential for a seven-game series against one opponent has the potential to turn those woes around. No guarantee, mm-hmm. like, but I think if you they get to face them one night, face them the next night, face them in three days after that, they'll know exactly what they're going up against every time, make the adjustments. I think there's a chance that that benefits them and allows them to beat a top-tier opponent. But at the same time, they have a couple more years in their window. This season is not end-all, be-all. They don't have one year left. Right. I don't think this is the year. I think it'll be – it's an uphill battle for them. It's an, uh, it's an uphill battle for them. So what do you think, you know, just looking at the standings really quick, is there an opening for them to make a run? Like, um, let's say, you I know, mean, right, right now, now they're, they're at five. Like, if Boston holds at the four, they're not beating Boston. I think the only way for them to, to it is a potential Cleveland matchup. Right. I think if they can somehow, if like Cleveland falls or, or Cleveland jumps to four, which I feel like is more likely than anything, like a, getting a slump from someone else to make that happen, I think it's still unlikely. I think Cleveland is the most open because they they're in the division they've played them the most um i think that's the best chance they have at advancing past the first round but i I don't see them beating any of the teams in front of them right now i think yeah like they don't have a and vucevic cannot hang toe-to-toe with Embiid. i think honestly i think the heat there's no way they they face the heat though unless the heat this argument they had actually turns into something i think the heat are probably the most likely team that they could go toe-to-toe with i think you know, DeRozan matched up with Jimmy, Vucevic with Bam, uh, Levine, 
with Lowry, like those star powers, and the rest are really yeah, just the best role players. I think my like I, I I think they'd rather play them than Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly. Oh, because there's no chance that they're playing Cleveland, is what you're saying. Yeah, like, there's okay. it's it's out of out of the options that are realistic. You'd rather have Miami. I think they'd rather have Miami collapse and play Miami in a four five or a six three. Interesting, interesting, and I mean that, that is that is something because Miami is you know almost entirely dependent on their bench shooters. Um, and their bench scores and having, you know, Tyler come in and drop 20 off the bench. You have Max Struess come in and hit a couple threes. You have Duncan hit a couple threes. You have, you know, um, Depot come in and hit a three or two and, and give you a couple fancy plays. Uh, that is actually interesting. It's, it's intriguing. It, it's intriguing. It's intriguing because yeah. if, you know, I, if at their best, the heat, the heat beat everyone. At the best, the Heat beat everyone. They're like that's how any team works. At the best, they can beat anyone. But if but they're not Boston, at their best, they showed their holes last night. Right, right. Um, I don't know. That's actually that's actually interesting. Miami yeah. might, but that's that is the same thing kind of with everyone. Where it's like Miami's gonna whoop your ass if they're hitting their shots. But that's you can say that for anybody, yeah. um, and you can also say anybody can lose if they're missing. Their shots. Yeah, but like I mean Miami. Miami, Miami, yeah. we've seen them at their best. This is essentially the same team they they made it to the NBA Finals with, and took it two games from the Lakers Just with more shooters. Yeah, we we like this is it's it's we've seen them go that far at their best. That's why I kind of said that. Like, obviously, any team at their best can beat anyone, um, mm-hmm. but we've seen them at their best in the playoff atmosphere. They they can make it run to the finals. But let's move on. Uh, Let's have you take this one because I know you're a fan of how they're playing. The Dallas Mavericks post-trade deadline have been very good. As a Nuggets fan, I thought the Nuggets might be able to catch up to Dallas and overtake them for the five seed, but with less and less games on the schedule, it's looking more and more unlikely. What, what's the, been the X factor to their newfound success? Has it just been Luka's been waking up, getting ready for playoff Luka mode, or is it a combination of things and Spencer Dinwiddie obviously playing a big factor. What's the biggest thing that stood out to you? Um, I mean, I think there's a combination of things, but I think it's the same thing that stuck out to, I think all of us throughout the season for the Mavs. Um, and it's that defense. I mean, they're still playing, you know, what probably top, top league defense, probably pretty decent. Uh, I don't know if you, if you can look for me real quick and <laughs> let I mean, me know. I, so I don't, like, you're a complete dumbass. Um, but, uh, you know, I think with the Mavs, it's a really interesting thing because, uh, I don't know about necessarily, um, statistically how they compare, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Bertans, um, their output versus Porzingis's output. But when that trade happened, it was almost like, it, it felt like both organizations were losing in a sense. Like nothing really happened. No one. I mean, Porzingis did not work out, and they the the Mavericks were cutting their losses. And we'll see what what happens with this guy. Still top ten. For. Still top ten. Deep. Yeah, I was gonna say they're um, six sixth in defensive rating right now, according to NBA.com. Whatever you want right. to take as defensive rating. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but. Right. So the defense has been has been the primary thing, um, like I said, but as I was getting into the the 
Spencer Dinwiddie resurgence has been very fun to watch. Um, I think it, it was hard not to enjoy those Brooklyn teams. Um, and when he, what was his injury? I don't remember what his injury was again, but. Which player? When he went down. With Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie. Yeah. He tore his ACL. Right. So when he tore his ACL, it was like, oh, you know, like yeah. this guy is not entirely on athleticism, but athleticism does make up a large part of his game in the sense of like his motor. Um, and. I don't know. I, it wasn't that I was hating on him. It was just I didn't expect or see what he could really bring, bring to the floor um, besides just taking a little bit of, of weight off Luca's shoulders. And he's just he's, he's just good. You know, he's a, he's a good secondary ball handler. Uh, he's shooting a lot better than I thought he would be. Uh, he's fitting the light a lot better in the rotation than I thought he would. You know, there was a lot of concern that I had about Jalen Brunson kind of losing his yeah. ability to do what he needs to do to succeed because, you know, I love Jalen Brunson. Of um, and, you know, seeing almost everyone on that team kind of clicking on almost all cylinders, I don't know. I, you know, are they a team that I worry a lot about in the playoffs? Against Utah and uh, and and the Clippers, yes, I do. I do. You're, I would be very concerned if I'm one of those two teams right now. Here's what I think: We've seen Luca in the playoffs without anything, without any help. I think if Luca is at his playoff Luca status of you know thirty and twelve Being and twelve. Jesus. That they they're sitting against the Jazz right now. They're two games up on Denver with no sign of really letting up that lead on them. They're, it's looking more and more likely that they face Utah in the first round. As, as long as Luca is in playoff Luca mode, and that doesn't really set, take away from anyone else's game that they acquired at the offseason or have been on the team, I don't see how they lose. Yeah, Luca's yeah. popped off in the playoffs before, and they they have lost in the first round. But, but that was with literally nothing. That was with nothing else. I really think this is the year Luca gets past the first round. And they are in the 4-5, which means they would be playing Phoenix in the next round. That's a tough. way tougher matchup. Luca <laughs> it would be difficult for him to That's play a hero break. ball That's against a them. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're winning that series. But yeah, um, especially – oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think this is their year. It, like, I mean, not to win the championship. Yeah, but not like, to win. But to grow actually, that confidence, like, to get Luka right. past the first round. Like, they're, they're, it's an incremental process. Yeah. yeah. He's um, got a big window. Yeah, a massive window. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe the biggest window um, of all time. But I forgot what I was going to say, and it had to do with, the Jazz, based off the way that they lost last night against the Celtics, man. I will say. Lucas, Lucas could have a field day everyone with is, these dudes. Everyone is beaten up. Or, or everyone the Celtics play is getting beat up on. does not matter who they are. Is getting, but, they're but getting the beat up on. the way they lost was embarrassing. Yeah. That shit was embarrassing. They couldn't right. do anything. Dr. I mean, Denver, Donovan, Denver just got embarrassed by them. It was that is true. It was bad. Um, but on to our last team, 
Um, we'll try to try to keep this yeah, quick. We'll do this um, five minutes or less. You know, they just got they just got their uh, their their icon in Splash Mountain back. Um, you know, uh, Chris is having some issues with injury. I don't remember exactly what it is, um, but you know, the Bucks are just looking like you know the 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 team that kind of represents almost like I don't know I don't know maybe it's just me but they seem so stable like there doesn't seem to really be any issues or anything like that um and I know other teams are like that as well I'm just saying like you know you look at their superstar Giannis he's like the ideal superstar he's humble he's yeah doesn't just do it for the money. He loves the game. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's whatever. When it comes to Milwaukee in this playoffs run, I genuinely don't know what to expect. You know, like I had them repeating this year. I have them repeating this year. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to stand by it. Like, I'm not going to, you know, drop down from that. But it's 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 starting to look more difficult for them to get there. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm just going to say, what are your, yeah. it's the same thing we've been saying for two straight weeks. There's a lot of good players in the NBA right now. There's a lot of good teams in the NBA right now. I think last year's path was probably easier for them. Giannis loves the competition. We know that. Um, but, you know, they're only getting healthier. They have they have bench pieces. Like Bobby Portis is back to the bench. Bobby Portis is – the way he's been playing Thank basketball God. since the NBA Finals, he's genuinely one of the best bench pieces for any team. Like the amount of value he brings to his team, that's huge. Like, but he the, needs to be on the bench. Yeah. He needs to be on the bench. I, he gave decent minutes as a starter while Brooke was out. I'm not saying he's not good as a starter. I'm saying for the Bucks to succeed, he needs to be on the yeah. bench. He needs to he needs to not be starting because that just means that they don't have anyone backing him. They don't have someone better than him. That is true. Back him well, they have Serge Ibaka now, so if they do happen to have more uh, uh, front court injuries, they have an okay backup plan, but I don't see how anyone can stop them. If the, if the, As long as right. they stay fully healthy – they're the team that beat this year, not Phoenix. We know the Bucks can beat Phoenix. They did it last year. Um, Giannis is Ooh. one of the most dominant That's, players. Like the the thing I will say, the Chris Middleton um, ups and downs, mostly downs. To be honest with you, yeah. this season. I'm not going to say that it's just like okay, it's a wrap for Chris. Like he's not going to be good in the playoffs. Um, but it's worrying. It's concerning. Like if he's still like this going into the second round, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Like you're going to be really, really stressed out as a Milwaukee Bucks fan. If Chris Milton is still, you know, very spotty from, you know, with his jump shot. We'll see. I mean, I really think you're kind of overreacting on how he's been playing. I think, you know, if you look at averages, he's still averaging, across like since the all-star break like about his career averages like i'm not too worried 
personally, if I were a Bucks fan. But, you know, I'm not a Bucks fan, so I don't know as much. But it, it's been the feel. Like when Chris when Chris heats up, it's a it's a feeling. Like you can you can Giannis going off is like, gee, oh my god, like what is happening in front of my eyes? Chris is like, oh, they're about to dump. Like they're about to win the game. Like if Chris starts heating up, it's because they need to win the game. Well, that's the cool that's that's why I'm not worried is if Chris is at his peak, it's it's definitely wraps. And if Chris yeah. is not at his peak, they're still <laughs> oh. they're still like winning not like eighty percent of the time. And you know what? Counter argument. My counter argument. Drew Holiday has been gobbling this season, so oh, he's I been playing so much about. better. Like yeah, he's been playing amazing. So yeah. actually, you know, what? I take back what I said because the offensive output that you got from Chris Middleton, or you the the minuscule amount that you lost that you've been losing, you're they, getting right back. So they they have Jordan Nwora. They're fine. They're, and they they're... also <laughs> also this the switch of Grayson Allen for Dante Divincenzo is a really great move. Um, as much as I hated Dante Divincenzo for just being on, you know, from from being uh, from what team he's from, I'm not gonna mention them. They don't deserve it. Um, but he he did offer a lot. It's just you don't need a. Um, you don't need a, a, a defensive specialist at the two. Yeah. You, you need three points shooting. And, and that's what, you know, a little yeah. bit of what Grayson Allen offers. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I really love what we're looking at for, the, you know, what is it? Today's the 24th. Like, I don't think we realize how soon the yeah. playoffs are about to start. Um, so um, we only got you know, about 10, sure. 10 regular season games left per team. We're going to be covering it every, once a week from now on, maybe twice a week, a little bonus content, social media here and there, oh, heat it up, heat it up. Um, but there's not a lot of time. We'll definitely be all over the playoff coverage as well. So stick Absolutely. with us. Be patient with us. You won't regret it. We'll be back next week as uh, there will be even more to cover. The pressure heats up. Um, but, yeah, it's been a – th- thanks again to Jack for coming on. We appreciate you very much. Um, looking to have more guests on in the future. So, Dove, anything else to add? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, said thank you, Jack, uh, for coming on today. Uh, if you guys can do us a favor and like and download the episode on um, whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music, Maybe shoot it over to a friend if you're trying to be nice. Yeah. Uh, friends and family, everyone can uh, come get these hustling hoops. Um, and uh, yeah, just have a have a good rest of you guys' day. We will see you in a week, maybe less, probably less. Yep. Maybe not. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. We'll Stay see. Up to date with us. Be with us, hustling hoops. Yeah. We'll I'm see you next time. Let's get it. Peace. <laughs>